Welcome to the Simply Authentic Podcast with Angie and Tanya, where we strive to inspire, empower, and challenge you to be your most authentic self. We'll talk a little real estate and interview entrepreneurs, business and community leaders, and hear inspiring stories. Welcome back to the Simply Authentic Podcast. I'm Tanya Murfin. And I'm Angie Mullings. So Angie, today we're going to be talking about realtor value. And there's a reason that we want to talk about this today. And we're going to tell you all about it. So Angie, why don't you get us started? So there was a lawsuit filed against the National Association of Realtors Mm -hmm. and all of the, the larger brokerages. They were all named in it. And it is Burnett et al. versus NAR. It started in Kansas City. It was filed in Kansas City, and it got underway uh, a couple of weeks ago. And basically what they're alleging is that the way that we do things does not promote competition. It has to do with the way that we are compensated and and saying that because the multilist is the way it is, it does not promote transparency and competition, which we absolutely disagree with. Right. And we're going to give you kind of some basics on, like Tanya said, we're going to we're going to tell you about the realtor value, why our service is so vital, why the way we have done business for the last forty years helps the consumer so much. Right. We will tell you if the plaintiffs were to win, what that might mean to the buyer, particularly the buyer side and buyer agency, yeah. how it would change the landscape of what we do, and how it would be detrimental. Um, to consumers. So Angie, you covered of why the Burnett lawsuit was filed in the first place, but they pretty much allege that we all got together to set commission rates and that we were going against NAR policies and, and our local MLS rules because we all belong to a local MLS right. and ours is GSBOR here in town. And the I just want to state, because this is quoted, NAR fundamentally disagrees with how class action attorneys are characterizing our rules. NAR's rules and local MLS broker marketplaces very much benefit consumers and allow business competition to thrive. And just to give kind of a sneak peek of what that means to the consumers, so Angie, you and I, we do this for a living. We mm-hmm. we pay to be a part of our local MLS, which provides rules to us of uh, rules to follow of how to practice. Mm-hmm. They do not, however, dictate any kind of commission rates. Right. And so we log into the MLS to get all of our statistics to, to pull up comps on your house when you call us. The consumer, our buyers and our sellers, also get on their apps that they're using, whether that be Realtor.com, Zillow, the local company they have an agent and work through, they mm-hmm. might have an app that they use. Right. And they're also getting that information hot off the press from our MLS. Right. So imagine as a consumer or as a realtor that that MLS goes away because and if this lawsuit were to win, it could. That is what's at stake for the consumer not to be able to get on their Realtor.com app and to see that their neighbor just listed their house at 300000 There would be 
bad information out there. There would not mm-hmm. be any good information. And it would potentially cause a consumer that wanted to buy a house to have to visit every brokerage in town because the MLS itself is at stake with this lawsuit. And if no one participated in an MLS, then we mm-hmm. all hold our own listings. Mm-hmm. And Jordan wants to buy a house, and he has to go to Angie's brokerage and see what she has listed. And then he has to come to my brokerage and see what I have listed. It could become very difficult for a buyer to to be protected to purchase a home. Absolutely. Yes, because the multilist is the one source, which is why it, it's so strange to me that they're they're saying that it's non-competitive, that we're not creating an, a competitive environment, which is exactly what we're creating exactly. with the multilist because yes. it does offer it does offer all these homes for everyone to be able to see so that there's no threat of of being um ostracized or not having the same ability, right. buyer A has the same ability as buyer B, right. regardless of their circumstance, to be able to see what is out there and available to them. And so do all the realtors. It, and yes, it would, it could potentially mean a small brokerage would not fare as well as a large brokerage just right. simply because of numbers. But let's let's take this back, Tanya, to the actual contract that a seller signs. So okay. they're they're saying that we're not being um, transparent right. in how compensation is is divided. Right. And as you mentioned, there's no set commission anywhere. Um, there Nowhere. is what is traditional, and I can tell you that. You know, it fluctuates all the time. Prior to 2007, when the recession hit. I was charging 8 and 10% for farms. Sure. There's no set amount. And then during the recession, we were cutting commissions drastically just to help our clients right. move forward and, and do a short sale or get through a foreclosure. So nothing is set in stone. No. It's and, and so we want to make that point for sure. Yeah. But when we go and sit in front of a seller, and we're talking to that seller about potentially listing their house, we use... In the state of Missouri, we are using Missouri contracts written mm-hmm. by attorneys. Right. We don't make this up. Right. We have a finite number of blanks to fill in. Right. So, um, so, and we have to discuss with our client how much they're going to be paying for the services that they're provided. Right. Right. And in those blanks that we fill in, we fill in what you know, whatever compensation we are. Um, providing that service for. Mm -hmm. And then we have to talk about how much of that we're going to share because we're sharing that listing on the multi-list. We want buyers to come and view that property. Mm -hmm. So we're going to split the commission that we are charging with the buyer agency. It's right there in black and white. It is. How how can you not know that? And it is is part of that commission structure that you fill out on your listing agreement. And the co-brokering, what you're going to offer to co-broker to a potential buyer's agent. Mm -hmm. This article from NAR says, among the rules that contribute to the marketplaces is the compensation rule, which calls for a listing broker to make an offer of compensation to buyer brokers who bring a buyer to the transaction. So that is spelled out in our paperwork. Absolutely. And then, and then I want to make another point yeah. on the other side mm-hmm. of that, the buyer's agency. So you're coming to me, you want mm-hmm. to buy a house mm-hmm. and I 
you sign a buyer's agency with me saying that I'm going to work with you exclusively, Tanya. Commission is also mentioned in there. Mm -hmm. And it is, it says that the buyer is responsible to pay the commission. And unless they're, they find a house that is on the MLS that Mm -hmm. is Mm co-brokered. And you could also have other situations where the seller or a realtor agrees to share their commission with you. Right. So it's spelled out for the buyer as well. There yeah. there are no hidden fees. Mm-mm. There are no there is language provided in each of our contracts to hire a buyer or a seller's agent that talks about commission. Right. And you know it's incumbent upon us if we're working <clears throat> for the seller, you have to explain that to the seller if they if they want to offer zero percent to a buyer's agent, right. you have to explain what that would mean yes. to the um, to the to how many people would see that and and what that could mean in terms of it might be detrimental to the sale of their property because again you've got in in Springfield area you've got twenty seven hundred realtors that could have eyeballs on it and if you're offering offering zero percent to the for buyer's agent compensation, and these buyers can't afford to pay 3% on right. the other side, right. then how it kind of cuts your market in, in half or maybe even more than that if you're if you're not offering. It does. So again, it's still up to the seller, yeah. but because we have a fiduciary responsibility to that seller, we have to explain all of those ins and outs. We do. So our job and NAR fundamentally declares this, and this is why NAR exists, is to educate the consumer and why you would need an advocate, a realtor, to navigate the biggest decision in your life. So you hire us because this is a lawful agreement. It is a scary agreement to handle on your own. Mm -hmm. And we are educated and skilled and have read and understand our contracts. And of course, we always want our consumer to read them as well. But we're the trusted advisor because we do this every day for a living. We read these contracts every day. We fill them out every day. And not having an advocate in your corner as a buyer's agent and even on the listing side as a seller's agent, you listing and keeping the commission for yourself and listing it on the MLS with a zero fee being paid to a buyer's agent, you're you're cutting your nose off to spite your face. You're not going to get showings from all the 2,700 buyer's agents in our marketplace because they're not making any money off your listing, right? right. So they're going to move on to another listing that's agreeing to pay whatever their commission is or whatever the agent has agreed to co-broker and split with that buyer's agent. Right. It, it almost, as you and I sit here and talk about this, we get fired up and and steam I'm might, pissed off. Yeah. I'm just pissed off. Steam might you. start to come out of our ears. <laughs> so make sure yeah, make sure you watch the video. But <laughs> but it's also it it's so dumb. It, isn't it? It's so dumb. Like, and and the people who lose the most in this are the buyers. It's the consumer. It's the consumer. Yes. Both both sides, yes. but mostly the consumer mostly the buyer. So we have a website we're going to share with our, our listeners here in a little bit, but I want to tell you, so let's think about who this really hurts. So let's think about that first time home buyer. And there are statistics out there. I'm going to, I'm going to share a couple of those with you. So the typical American household has an average of $5,300 in the bank. 
So savings account. Sa- savings okay. account. So you've got a first-time buyer mm-hmm. who maybe has five thousand um, dollars to put down as a down payment. Now, with an average sale price in Springfield, it's around two hundred and sixty. Obviously, you know it's different across the country, but you know, first-time home buyer. Obviously, there are different programs out there. But let's say they need three mm-hmm. percent to put down. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a far cry from that at five thousand dollars at an average sale price of two sixty. Yeah. Now let's add on to that that they're going to have to pay for representation. Which who needs our rep- who needs our help more than anyone? The buyer, the first-time buyer, yes. particularly needs our help more yes. than anyone else because they do not understand what they're doing. They do not understand um, the process that that takes place. They don't have the connections that we have to connect them to the lender that they need, the trusted lender and the inspector and the all mm-hmm. those people involved in the transaction, they need us worse than mm-hmm. anyone. And now we're saying if if this this lawsuit, if, if the plaintiff were to win, it would mean, it could potentially mean that the buyer now has to have not only three or 5% down mm-hmm. as a first-time home buyer, but also they have to have enough to pay for a commission right so and they're not going to have that no that most of the first-time buyers we work with they are limited on funds anyway hence they're first-time buyers they're young they're young professionals they've just started their jobs and um their families and are ready to buy that first house and now you're adding on a commission that they've got to add to not only their down payment but mm-hmm. their closing costs right because if you were in a market like the last two to three years you as a first-time buyer you got beat out of contracts over and over and over again because you needed closing costs paid and the the you don't you didn't as a buyer, have the money to bring to closing for your down payment and your closing costs. And the buyer who won the offer, they were either a cash buyer or they mm-hmm. were a strong buyer, not mm-hmm. a first-time buyer, who had plenty of money to put down and plenty of money to pay their own closing costs. Mm-hmm. So not only are you going to have to come up with another huge lump sum to find proper representation, but then that that also is at stake. So if you say, well, I can't afford you know, I can't afford my closing costs. I got to roll those in and I can't afford to pay you realtor. So I'm going to go to the listing agent and I'm just going to let them write the offer. Well, good luck because not always can you be represented as a buyer in a transaction where the listing agent represents the seller. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different scenarios there. But that listing agent was hired initially to look out for the seller Mm -hmm. and to protect the seller's rights and best interests. And so now you're going to go into a situation where you're you're two men down already in being able to trust who you're working with and to trust that they're leading you through all the terminology and explaining everything to you. And if they can't represent you, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. If you have no representation, you've got to figure all this out on your own. And I am working with some first-time buyers right now that they don't know anything. And you, and you say something and it goes right over their head. And it could be just a, a simple term mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. in this contract. Mm-hmm. Like, let's use title work, title insurance, for in, instance. Many times they've heard about an inspection. Right. And they've heard about an appraisal. Right. But they have no idea what title insurance mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really... Um, 
goes to my side of professionalism and integrity and wanting me to promote myself even more Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of the value that we provide, not only to our buyers, but also to our sellers when we negotiate that commission. When we say, here's what my commission fee is when I take the listing, and then I'm going to share that half and half with the buyer's agent that comes in here, and I'm going to agree to pay part of that to them Mm -hmm. so that they can bring us a buyer and so that you have the most exposure possible on the MLS. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's an insult. It's an insult to what we do um, on a day-to-day basis to help clients, those of us who are very dedicated and have been for many, many years, dedicated to making sure that our clients are well-served, that they understand the real estate transaction. And trust me, this thing changes all the time. The transactions that we do, we're not doing the same business today that we were doing a year ago. No, we're not. And so... You know, if, if these first-time home buyers are reliant on, let's say, family to help them process through this because they can't afford a buyer's agent, well, if their family bought a home five years ago, it's all changed. Yep. It's it's not the exactly. same. No. So there are, there's it's a constant, and that's why, you know, we're constantly being trained. We're constantly getting education in all facets of what we do. And so just flat out, it's an insult that that um, we're not sharing compensation. We're not being um, transparent with our compensation. Fair, right. we're, we're not. We're um, the, the I, I am going to reference this in case anybody out there ha- who has um, who is maybe a, a Wall Street Journal reader. There was an article printed and this um, this contributing editor called us a cartel, which is a slap in the face. If you don't know the definition of a cartel, it is an association of manufacturers or suppliers with the purpose of maintaining prices at a high level and restricting competition. Mm. And that's a slap because we are all about competition. If and, and being fair in our competition well, and, and compensation sharing. Yeah, and NAR was created for friendly competition, to provide a blanket, if you will, of rules to govern realtors everywhere, all over the United States, that would, that would follow the same rules, have the same code of mm-hmm. ethics, mm-hmm. Ho- hopefully have the same integrity and carry it high. And, and that is why NAR exists. So that's why I say, as we sit here and talk about it, that it, it almost is so dumb and insulting mm-hmm. for us to have to defend why we have to charge to do the job we do. And yes, we, we have to pay our bills too. We, yeah. ha- we have houses to maintain and we have to have a car for this job. But our, the whole reason we wear this hat is to be able to inform Mm-hmm. and protect the consumer in their home purchase and their home sale. And and we do it because we want to we want to show you the best possible outcome of selling a house or buying a house. And do things go wrong inside that transaction? Of course they do. Mm-hmm. But but the realtor you hire should hold that card of integrity and they should follow their code of ethics mm-hmm. which is provided by the NAR. So I just, I, it, it infuriates both you and I as mm-hmm. we sit here and talk about this and have to show why we have value. But if our job didn't exist, 
there would be many, many homeowners and hopeful homeowners who would be taken advantage of and who would fall into a trap of potential lies Mm -hmm. and deceit Mm -hmm. by someone who wasn't governed by all of these code of ethics that we are. And, and be led through a process that would not turn out well for them. Right. So it, it's important that we advocate for our fellow realtors and for the NAR. And being called a cartel, well, that person needs to be found and punched in the face. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there was a strong rebuttal written by our NAR president, Tracy Casper, and they did print that, thank goodness. But... Um, you know, Tanya, we've we've kind of covered a little bit about what we would do. I, I do, you know, we have all kinds of things. We we can boil down what we do, and, and I've got this article in front of me that says 170 79 ways um agents are worth what they're paid, and it and it really breaks down. You and I are so used to doing this. Yeah. We we do it, we can do it in our sleep, we can, you know, we eat, breathe, and sleep this. Um, We know our contracts inside and out. We train because we're both brokers. We train new agents. We try to teach them the right way to do things. And we are always looking for people. I I think we're servant leaders. Those of us who are, are are doing this, doing it the right way. We um, we want to be of service to people, and you know. But when you start breaking down everything we yeah. do for a seller or for a buyer, um, it's it's our job. And I have an agent in my office who loves to talk about this. Gina Callahan loves to say that the best realtors are the ones that, at the end of the day, the buyer never knows there's a problem. Yeah. Agreed. And and we're protecting them. Completely we're trying agree. to make sure that they have a have a, a really good experience and problems pop up and we're gonna try to solve them mm-hmm. as best we can without even involving that buyer right. or that seller. Mm-hmm. If we can fix it, we're gonna fix it and yeah. we're gonna move on as as though there was never a problem. And um and I think that's an, an important distinction to make in what we do. I agree. Wise words by Gina Callahan. Yep. Yeah. Kate, do you have a question? So I wonder, you know, if this goes through, how many people do you think would just go get their real estate license and you know, represent themselves? Yeah. If that yeah. pays me however much money the commission would be. Yeah. Right. Right. And then that leads to a whole other thing of more licensed realtors that mm-hmm. maybe don't know. That what don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. It's just kind of like a vicious cycle. And yeah. And also, you know, ton of displaced people they're never gonna you're never gonna be able to buy so right you're just increasing the rent problem you're gonna be absolutely right yep. what is right. the point of this country honestly yes. exactly if you can't be a homeowner exactly yeah Yes. A- absolutely. And, you know, real estate is the backbone of our economy. Yeah. Um, when COVID hit and we potentially had to shut down what we were doing in real estate, I think some wise people at higher levels recognized econ- an economy that was already struggling. If we shut down the housing market, yeah. it was it would destroy us yeah. um, because we are you know, it's it's a billion dollar, billions of dollars every year is spent in um, housing, whether it be the person who is doing the, the drywalling, the sheetrock, the, or the um, foundation, the framers, the roofers, the everybody who has a job because of the That's housing right. industry. Yeah. And if, and you, your point's well taken, Kate, that, that if, 
you know, if something like this were to happen, what would it do to our economy? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it could be detrimental. Well, and to your question, Kate, I think if every Tom, Dick, and Harry and Kate and Jordan go out and get their real estate license, then we have turned into the wild, wild west Mm -hmm. because there are so many rules and our code of ethics that we have to follow to be able to be a part of the National Association of Realtors and join a local board and be a part of Missouri Realtors. It's not cheap. There's a lot of fees involved. There's a lot of training involved. So if everybody wants to go out and be their own realtor, we've got a whole new problem with people having no idea what they're doing because there is a reason we take pride in what we do and that we remain educated and that we continue our education and that we are never stopping learning. And mm-hmm. just like any other industry, it, it changes daily, weekly, monthly. So I don't know. I, I think uh, I feel strongly that NAR will make their case and the at this juncture when we're recording this the plaintiffs had re- have rested right so NAR now gets their chance to make their case and i have all the faith in the world that they will because as we sit here just the four of us talking about this and kind of reverberating all of these things in our head that we've been talking about and thinking about um i i think that NAR will do an exemplary job of proving all of these points we've made and that the consumer is best protected when there is a buyer's agent and a seller's agent both involved. Absolutely. And so we we look forward to hearing the outcome of it. Right. And And that is scheduled to um, come out the second week of November. So we, we will have an answer soon. Um, it is a jury trial. So, um, and it is being again, heard in Kansas city. And for any of you who want more information, there is a website specifically set up for consumers, um, competition.realtor. You can go there and get all the information you would want about, um, about what we do, about how, um, we are, following our code of ethics, what NAR um, does for us and what's required of us, mm-hmm. as well as just some some great tools and information. So please visit competition.realtor and uh, yeah. We- and, and or call your favorite realtor because yes. we know yes. you have one. Yeah. And just ask some questions if you don't understand it. it it's pretty easy for us to explain it to you. And I think all of our good customers that we have out there understand the value of using us and they come back and they use us again. Right. So, right. So thank you for listening to our rant. We appreciate we you really do. us out. <laughs> yes, we do. We want to thank Kate and Jordan and Gershman studios and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the simply authentic podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to listen to us on your favorite podcasting app.